Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 60. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday, Steelers Nation. And Dave, the Seas are angry. You thought a loss to the 2-10 and 10 Cardinals was bad enough? Compound that with a 21-18 loss to the previously 2-10 and 10 New England Patriots. Pittsburgh now 7-6 and six on the season. Technically the eighth seed as we head into the weekend. I don't know where to begin, man, but how you doing? A little dragging a little bit this morning, but uh, I don't, you know, I I, I don't think doing a few bars of gloom, despair and agony on me is uh, would, would suffice. I don't know what's what's lower than that uh, right now. You know, a lot, you know, a lot of people say, you know, Dave, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't buy your opinion on trap games and all like that. Uh, look, I, I think these last two weeks are a good reason why I don't buy into trap games because uh, any any I mean two and two two and ten teams back to back. You know, uh, if you didn't learn your lesson for the first time, uh, I, you know, just any given Sunday. You know, if you don't play, if you don't bring it, and you don't make plays, and if you uh, get in key situations of games. I mean, these guys are professionals and uh they're 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 you know they're paid to play ball you know i buy more of the trap game uh philosophy as i've said several times when it comes to college football when you got big schools playing you know much smaller schools and 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 that kind of thing there but uh man what was the stat that they showed last night with uh first time and it's look you can you could probably cherry pick every game in the NFL if you really, really want to mm-hmm. dig, dig, dig far enough there. But what first t- first team in history, well, uh, losing back to back games as a f- above five hundred team to, I don't know what what, what is it, what exactly? I think is- it was back to back losses five hundred plus team to teams that had eight or more losses or something like that, you know, records that were two and 10, a uh, net loss of eight, eight plus games. Boy. Yeah. Somebody had to dig for that one, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they found that, but, uh, but I mean, it, it, it's not a good look and, and, it, and it's, uh, they should all have to put that on a t-shirt and have to wear it around this week. To be honest with you, you know, uh, I don't know. Where do you want to start on this other than, we, we we said coming uh, uh, coming out of the show the other day, man. Hopefully, we don't get to uh, the point where we're talking about a loss on Monday, no matter what it looks like, or on Friday, no matter what it looks like, because you got a long week here. Obviously, a Thursday night game, and this team's not playing again uh, until a week from tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, it this is gonna look everything that the team, Mike Tomlin uh players whatever whatever they're getting right now from from the fan base whatever whatever's you know and and talk tv and talk radio they 100% deserve right now they do they absolutely do um this this is an emotional loss for the players but for us 
for the fans. I, I, the word I go back to, Dave, we can talk about the particulars, the injuries, the backups, whatever. Unacceptable is what I go back to. Unacceptable to lose this game. If anybody was overlooking the Cardinals Sunday, I can buy that to a, to a degree. Maybe certain players were, but nobody was overlooking the Patriots in this game. You, that can't happen. But I just think this team, there's no identity. The culture seems increasingly worse and the losses are piling up and it's all eating itself. This was a must-win game. You could not lose to back-to-back two-win teams. They said it. Tomlin said it. Patrick Peterson explicitly said it. He said, you damn sure better not lose to these types of teams. Um, He said, you know, good teams don't lose back-to-back games in general, let alone to teams in the situations Arizona and New England is in. And to lose that one, regardless of circumstance, regardless of specifics, to squander this opportunity Pittsburgh had sitting at seven and four just on Saturday. It's unacceptable. Everyone has to look at themselves. Everything should be called into question. It, it's time to really kind of have some conversations we have not had before. Yeah, look, uh, and and look, th- this roster top to bottom, you know, is the best roster in the NFL, but, you know, and, and you know, I don't want to point fingers back at, at, at the Patriots here because they, they, they won the game, but this is a team that went in with uh, Bailey Zappi making his, what was this, his second or third, thir- uh, third NFL start, right? Uh, I think his second this year, I believe he made two last year. So maybe his fourth start. All right. All right. Uh, So uh, you got a guy in him making a start for you. This team, you just look at their inactive list alone. Uh, you know, they did not have Ramadre Stevenson. Now they do do have an experienced back in Ezekiel Elliott behind him, so that was a little bit easier for them to get past. But you look at their wide receivers; they did not have De- uh, Parker for this game. A couple of their other uh, starting wide receivers missed a game due to injury. They're starting their top three wide receivers in this game were Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Thornton, and Jalen Rager. And, 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 and that was it, uh, other than that. And, you know, just, and you go back and you remember kind of the, the, the tape and, and what this Patriots offense has not done, uh, on, on the offensive side this season. And obviously coming off of the shutout, uh, to the, uh, to the charges and all like that. And then you flip over and you look at the Steelers, uh, roster and and they were able to you know a couple of guys that were questionable that you're worried about not playing actually uh played in this game and you know no matter what it would have looked like and we would have obviously been talking about what it looked like but they had to win this game yeah yeah you said it I mean you you have got to find a way to win this game because th- this was a winnable game plus you had all the other signs out there as well too you I mean you have Thursday night football prime time here you got them in the color rush you got them in the you know all the little factors that you would think would kind of motivate you know a team uh in 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 this situation where they're on top of you're pissed off coming on, coming out of a game losing to a 2 and 2 and 10 Arizona Cardinals team um uh, there you should have won this game plain and simple and and, and they were just outplayed they were out executed yeah. they were outclassed it wasn't and we can talk about the penalty on Christian Kuntz and the false start and that's valid it seemed like a bad call that's almost universally agreed upon but you know forget about that there's so many other issues with with this team i mean they they were the worst team 
facing a two and ten Patriots unit that had a historically bad offense that was just shut out, as you said last week, had thirteen combined points in their previous three games, and they have twenty one by halftime. It, it, it's typical Pittsburgh, where you just you just know that the other team's going to use the, use the Steelers to kind of figure things out. The Patriots were slogging along, and so of course you just knew this is going to be the game where the Patriots figure some things out offensively, and they did. Now Pittsburgh's defense responded; they were better in the second half, but by that point. You know, damage was done. You knew we we talked about it, Dave. Could Pittsburgh run the ball? That's an issue. They could not run the ball. Could they cover the tight ends? They could not cover the tight ends. That was a huge issue in this game. I mean, it's just kind of typical, predictable stuff in Pittsburgh, not able to make the adjustment, not able to make the change, or when they do, it's far too late. And they're playing they're playing catch up on the two and ten Patriots with a historically bad offense. Look, uh, everybody should be upset with the defense, obviously, especially with with, with the way they they played in this first half. Uh, without a doubt, I, and, and I'm not going to attempt to defend them, but I will say this. Uh, they did shut the Patriots down in the second half. They did get the football back in positive territory for the uh, for, for them in this game, and the special teams also got the offense, uh, the ball in positive territory in this game. Like it or not, uh, you get through three quarters of this game and you turn around and this is still a winnable football game for the entire fourth quarter, mm-hmm. right? For the sure. entire fourth quarter, sure. this this was a winnable game. Why did you not win this game? I think that speaks to, and it's a little harder for us to detail the exact specifics, being the outsiders not in that locker room. But again, I'm in some sense less interested in talking about the particulars of the game, although of course we will. But as you said, how do you lose this game given the circumstances and what this game meant? It speaks to a larger, broader problem culturally, you know, identity-wise, the way your roster is built, uh, the coaching overall, the players that you have. Do you have the right people? Uh, and, and it sounds like the team realizes that, at least team leaders. Minka Fitzpatrick apparently laying into this team um, about their effort and their one-two and their desire. And if you got the leaders calling those things out, then that speaks volumes. Yeah, it was good to hear uh, Minka give the rant that he did, but you 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 need a lot more than that. You need a lot more than just Patrick Peterson saying you can't lose to you damn sure can't lose this week, you know. Uh some of these guys got to take some of these other guys by by the back of the neck, right? Uh uh, what was the quote exactly? I'll, I'll read the quote here uh, from from Mika. P- pull it up here. I mean, it, I mean, it, it looks great on it. It looks great written out, you know. But what what mm-hmm. are you going to do about it? He says, in order to see fruit, you got to toil for it. I think too many people don't want to toil for it. They just want to walk out here and think they're going to make plays and think they're going to perform at the high level. Dudes just think that because they're wearing the black and gold that they're going to win games. And I think we need to check that mentality and make people realize they got to earn that mentality. And I, I, once again, you know, uh, that should be on the back of that t-shirt. It's a, it's a wordy t-shirt that we yeah, wear, but, yeah. but, it's, but it's accurate. But what, in a word, what does Fitzpatrick refer to? Culture. Right. The culture for the Steelers is a wreck. The standards have fallen. The culture's a mess. And 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 they're losing because of it. Yeah, it no longer die. You just don't put on that uniform and well that that's the Steelers. Look out for them, you know? Yeah. Uh uh it doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, right. it now uh, means we, we, can, we can take these guys. Right. Right. I mean, 
I mean, look at this team this year and even how they've won the games that they've won, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, there, there is, there is an issue and it all boils back to, you know, look, it, 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 it sits at the feet of Mike Tomlin here. It does. And I wrote the article this morning. He's got to feel the heat because of this. You know, if he doesn't feel the heat now, when will he ever get to feel the heat? Whenever is it, when is it ever justified to do that? So I, listen, I know in a press, uh, in a post-game presser, what is there to say? You can only talk about so much. None of, none of it really matters. But how many times can this team talk about, we got to execute, we just got to execute. I mean, it's true. They're not wrong, but what are you going to do about that? How do you actually implement that plan? And if the guys are not doing that, what changes will the coaching staff make to to try to jumpstart this team? You have the same issues in terms of playing sloppy football with turnovers. Another illegal formation. How do you have another illegal formation? I know it's one play in, in, in you know, uh, the 120 that were running this game. But how do you have another illegal formation for tackle, this time being covered up, when you just had two of them four days ago? Eddie Faulkner comes in and says, players are held accountable. We're detailed. We we cleaned it up. They didn't clean it up, man. I, I, it's unacceptable. Yeah, we're not worried about the bad snaps. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, and Cole, no disaster snaps, but continual low snaps in this game. Right, right. Uh, I would have liked to seen Mike Tomlin uh, be, be more emotional last night after that game, you know. Uh, but he was really kind of subdued and kind of beaten down really. And, uh, but yeah, uh, look, they're not going to fire him. You know, any, anybody listening to this, think that you're going to wake up to Mike talk to, 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 to the news of Mike Tomlin being fired today. That, that obviously isn't going to happen. At least I don't think it's going to happen. And, but I, I, I will say this and, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about extension and all like that. Uh, and I think, I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to be fired after this season, but I do think that, you know, he needs to earn that extension still, you know? Uh, I mean, well, obviously you still got four games left to go and, and, sure. and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, uh, nobody listening to this should be optimistic at all that this team will run the table and make no doubt about it. they need to run the table now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have got, they have got to get themselves and, and running the table and making the playoffs just is not good enough. We went into the season saying, what does this team need to do? They need to get into the playoffs and they need to get the get, get a playoff win uh, uh, behind them. That way, at least we can say that maybe a Super Bowl window is open. Boy, that Super Bowl window looks <laughs> looks looks miles uh, uh, I mean, it, it's out of sight right now, uh, uh, as opposed to coming out of the preseason with this team, right? You know, uh, it's a mess. It is a mess. And then, it is. It, and then you look at this with, with some of your higher paid, you know, stars on this team, the guys like, you know, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, and, and you think to yourself, Man, they, these guys are just gonna be footnotes as part of, you know, are, are these guys just gonna be footnotes as as good players on on average to below average teams throughout their careers? You know, that, goes that, back to legacy. What is gonna be yeah. the legacy of these guys? You know, really great players, but Cam Hayward, one playoff win 
in games in which he played in. T.J. Watt's still looking for his first playoff victory. Same with Minka Fitzpatrick. Those guys can't do it alone, of course, and playoff wins are typically more focused on quarterbacks for obvious reasons and head coaches. But what is the what is the body of work for Pittsburgh since 2017? What do they have to show? They got two division titles, which, okay, something. No playoff wins, though. Never really truly thought uh, of being a contender, especially in recent years. And there's no seemingly light at the end of the tunnel for that to change. So what is the body of work? What is the resume? I mean, we talked about with Matt Canada, you are judged by your results, you know, regardless of reasons and excuses and this happened, that happened, you are judged by your results. And since 2017, Pittsburgh results have been consistently underwhelming. What did he say about, he was asked, uh, uh, something along, along the line. Yeah. About bouncing back because, uh, because that's who we are. I don't even see that. Uh, it, it, did they leave that out of the transcript? Oh, no, no, no. It's at the end. It's on the next page here. What gives you the confidence that you guys can be back after two losses? Because this is what we do. This is who we are. I mean, that don't put that on a T-shirt right now. Well, I think he's right in, in the sense of this is who they are, not for bouncing back, but in their current form of just this mess, this fracture team. They don't right. know how to win. Yeah, but he used it in the wrong context. <laughs> I know. Right, right. Yeah, he used it on, yeah, in, in, in a different light. They are. This is who they are, not for bouncing back, but losing to back-to-back two and ten teams. Just a, a team that culturally seems a mess and coaching seems a mess and the players can't execute and they can talk about it all they want, but it's all hollow and shallow. Right. The, the, yeah, it's just words. Yeah, right, 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 right now. And, and absolutely, yes, uh, the, uh, the seat should be warm with, you know, with, with, with Tomlin right now. Look, I think he's a great leader of men, and I've said that time and time again, and I've never even been uh, real, real close to, to thinking that, you know, the Steelers need to think about post-Mike Tomlin uh, life. But, I mean, you get to what where you're at right now, and and once again, there are four games left in this season. But, uh, man, you you really got to you really got to show something at this point now. And uh, you know, I I don't think he deserves an extension. You know, from where I sit right now, he should have to coach for his extension next year. Yeah, that that's the heat. Uh, I know people want him fired now, and I mean, it's becoming harder and harder to defend sure. him, him staying, obviously, just based on where things are at right now. But my view, just kind of coming off this game, is 2024 will be make or break for both Kenny Pickett and Mike Tomlin. Are you the guys that can lead the future or not? 2024 will decide that. And look, if he, if he's if he's told, if, if, if him and Omar Khan both are told that... <laughs> Uh, what happens in 2024 that decides both of your futures here, maybe they handle things a little bit different. You know, you better take a good hard look at what your quarterback situation is, because right now you're adjusting that and adjusting that yards per passing attempt stat for your quarterback position. Your passing game at, as a whole is 5.1. Uh, I love all these advanced analytics out there. You know that you give me these newfangled advanced <laughs> analytics. I, I love them. Uh, uh, give me all of them, and I'll look at them there. But I keep going back to back to this. You you are not going to win a Super Bowl, let alone beat two and some two and two 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 and ten teams out there 
with a uh, adjusted net yards for passing attempt stat of 5.1. You're just not. No. No, you just you are just not. You might win some. Okay, you might get through the rest of this season. You know who knows? You might uh, uh, sneak into the playoffs and win a playoff game. But you, uh, you better get a good grip on what your quarterback situation. Especially if my job is dependent on it, and and if my job is dependent on it as well too. You know, are you gonna are you gonna go out and get a rookie? And and expect him to be your savior, you know, with uh, with your job tied to it. Uh, all I'm saying is is Mike Tomlin should have to play next season for his extension, and as part of that, they damn sure better look at the quarterback position. And if, and if he wants to tie himself to Kenny Pickett, that's fine, but that's what you're tied to. Sure. Everything's on the table. Everything has to be examined. Uh, you can't take anything off the table right now. My my biggest overall frustration, it's not just about this loss or the last two losses. It's this continual lowering of the bar of what the Pittsburgh Steelers are expected to be. You know, for the longest time, it was, we're here to win a Super Bowl. That's our mission. And you could believe that based on their performance and just the overall construction of the team. Then it's kind of been, okay, let's win the division. And then it's, let's get, let's get to the playoffs. Now it's, oh, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. You guys know for the longest time, not just this week, for years, I have loathed. One of our first terrible takes, Dave, uh, was on this topic and how I loathe and did dislike the never had a losing season stat. And and now it's like, all right, well, let's just, let's, let's just beat the two and 10 Patriots. Let's just try to do that. I mean, this, this lowering of the bar of the standard that Pittsburgh has set for the last 50 years frustrates me. More than anything, and I understand you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. I mean, it's 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 the NFL. I mean, you know, teams go through cycles, the ebb and flow. It's hard to win in the NFL, but I just feel like the bar has been lowered so much over the last several seasons. And you know, I compared it to you put that frog in a in a slowly boiling pot of water. You slowly turn up the temperature. You don't feel the heat until it's it's too late. And Pittsburgh's gotten comfortable with this just you know, complacency of let's just go nine and eight. Let's get in the wild card. We're running done. Okay. That's fine. We'll get them next year mentality. I just, I, I, they have to get away from that. They have to expect more of themselves. And of course, this team's gonna have to make some big changes to be able to do that. 2000 that there was a point in time where 2016 didn't seem so long ago, but now it seems a long, long time ago. Uh, and it has been, you know, and, now, now, now you're even at, at risk of you're wondering if if Mike Tomlin can continue to put be able to raise that banner of of, <laughs> of non losing seasons, you know. Uh, yeah, and, and not that I want to root for this team to lose. I'm never going to root for them to, to lose. But in, in some sense, it would almost be good for that to end, so people can stop focusing on that and and getting comfortable with that talking point because it means nothing. It means nothing right. to go nine and eight and go one and done or not make the playoffs in Pittsburgh. That is not the state. That's my point. That is not the standard in Pittsburgh. And I think we, I think the team, and, and even the national media has become too accepting of that. Look, if last week wasn't a turning point. Uh, this week damn sure is, you know, it is, it is a fork in the road point right now for this organization, not, not just for the rest of this season, but beyond, you know, this is a, what are you going to do about it now? Because I mean, there's, does nine wins get you in Alex? It doesn't feel like it. 
does it? I mean, especially I, I don't with, know. with what what they've done. I mean, yeah, I, thankfully, thankfully, one of these two and ten losses was to an NFC team. If there is such a thankfully uh, exclamation to be there, uh, but but now, I mean, you you you've got to run the table. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe a nine win could get you a seven seed on a tiebreaker. But Pittsburgh's kind of playing themselves at a tiebreaker possibility. I mean, they, you know, we'll go back to they got to beat the Colts and lose to the Colts. Then, you know, you, you start losing some of those tiebreaker situations. So nine might get you in, but Pittsburgh's nine might not be a strong enough nine compared to some other team. And even if you get in, that's not enough. Yeah, they're going to get bounced. I mean, they're going to get rolled in the wild card round. You know, but, uh, you know, once again, if, if last, if last week, was it, you know, the the fork in a road point for this organization? Uh, this week, damn sure is. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this game a little bit here, Dave. Let's start with the Steelers' offense. Mr. Trubisky getting the start. Uh, one touchdown, one pick, one rushing touchdown. Chances to to win late, to move the ball late. Pittsburgh could not. Some very questionable situational play calling. Whether that's the fourth and two. Uh, that was failed prior to what the Killebrew block punt, whether it's the fourth and two deep shot to Deontay, uh, the third and two that preceded that, et cetera. Um, Trubisky, to me, you know, he played better in the second half. Well, in part of the second half, I guess. Um, but but just to, to be very blunt about it, if I'm Tomlin, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if I'm Tomlin, I'm starting Mason Rudolph against the Colts. I just want somebody that's going to take better care of the football, um, manage the risk element of it a bit better, more effectively. I think Mason Rudolph does that. Uh here 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 here's the thing. Uh if he you know he said after the game, did he ever give any any thought to well let, let's back up first and foremost. Mitch he only threw one interception, but it could have been four, could have been five. Uh mm-hmm. uh he 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 got away got away with a few there. Um uh, with Mike Mike was asked after the game if he gave thought about you know going to Mason. He said I didn't. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, now, do we really think, honestly, regardless of what we we think he should do, do we really think he's going to go with Mason as, as a starter? Uh, now, look, you got a couple extra days here. Uh, yeah. If if you were to if you were to do it now is the time to do it and you, to me you don't have to worry about the politics associated with it uh, uh, you know like you would with a with with with, with, with Kenny Pickett uh, but uh, personally I don't think he will make that decision but if he does do decide to go with Mitch Trubisky as a starter in this game at the first sign of trouble against the Colts, then he needs to be willing to hook them, you know, and it sure. might, it, you know, he, he, and even then he would probably let there be three signs to pull him before a hook him. Then you worry mm-hmm. about, is it going to be too late, you know, again and all like that. So, uh, you know, he talks, he, he talks all the time about we're willing to turn over whatever, whatever, whatever stones necessary and, and all like that to, to, to engineer victory. Well, even though you know what the stone looks like sort of in Mason Rudolph, it's time to at least maybe think about turning that stone back over to see 
what what may have happened on the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? No, I do. And yeah, if I had to guess, I'll guess Trubisky's going to start against the Colts. Um, but that goes back to the frustration of why is that so off the table? Why is like you know the conversation about benching Trubisky, who's a backup quarterback? basically a journeyman in the NFL. Why is that so off the table? A move that we can't even really get our head around Pittsburgh making that, that that's kind of their stubbornness and stuck in their ways. And maybe we will be proven wrong and, and Rudolph will start. And listen, Mason Rudolph is no amazing quarterback or anything like that. It's not going to be this dramatic difference in a positive direction, but I think he's going to do a better job taking care of the football for that singular, but vital reason, taking care of the football ball security. I would turn to Mason Rudolph. And that's what got you some of your wins this year was taking care of the football, right? Yeah, that's how that's how this uh, offense was. They cannot win when they turn the ball over. They cannot win when they turn the ball over. That is proven empirically. And make no, uh, neither one of us, let's make it clear here, neither one of us are saying that we expect Mason Rudolph to come out and, 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 you know, he, he could still do the, he still could end up falling flat on his face as well too you know we're not convinced that it it, it, it it's uh the obvious best thing that that could happen but at least he deserves a chance to not turn the football over at this point yeah I mean just to be trubisky is who he is and and that's fine I mean you know he's a he's a risk taker and yeah on the interception that actually counted you know Frymuth did slow up his route but I think just trying to even make that throw such tight coverage trying to squeeze that it's just not worth it's not worth the risk in that situation. You know, it's it's third down. It's a it's a low score. It's going to be a low scoring game kind of sort of overall. I mean, you're going to be in this thing. Hopefully um, don't give them a short field to score and put up more points. So I, I just think the risk calculation is, is just too aggressive for how Pittsburgh is built. He looked uh, Belichick had him confused with some of those movements in the secondary as well, too. He looked like a and I haven't seen the all 22 yet, but I mean, just in some of the some of the things he 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 looked confused. And I don't know what was he trying to do on that one screen, too. And this team just can't run. <laughs> I had no sense to even bang on that. But what was he even trying to accomplish on that? He's lucky that one wasn't picked. You know? Yeah, it should have been. I mean, there were a couple uh, just bailing and throwing up his back foot, and you're just like, what are you doing, man? Trying to scramble too much, not going through his reads quickly enough. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see what Mike Tomlin does. I, I'm not counting on Mike Tomlin making a change at quarterback, but if ever there was a week to do that, once again, uh, I, you know, he talks about turning over the stones. Let's see if he if he, if he he turn, turn turns one mm-hmm. over in the quarterback position here. Yeah, we'll talk about it more. Uh, Tom will have his presser Monday, so get some more information. Uh, probably have a delayed podcast on Monday while we hear from Mike Tomlin. I believe that'll be at noon. Uh, I mean, just I will say from a coaching perspective, again, those situational play calls, you know, I think I- I've talked about this before, coaching and coordinator and play calling is is really judged by what you do in those hyper weighty type moments, you know, third and goal, fourth down, those types of things. And what are these play calls? You had a pair of fourth and twos. And you really didn't have like a play to get the first down. They were just kind of more traditional dropback concepts and neither of them worked. And you're taking that deep shot to Deontay and it's different reason progressions on that play. But how is it fourth and two years? Your, your game, your season is on the line and you're throwing the deep ball to Deontay. You can't get two yards in that situation. You need two yards. Why are you playing for the home run ball? You know, even you just roll back to the uh, third and two at the 49 with 205 left. Uh, why, why are you throwing there? Yeah. You get the two minute warning. You get, maybe get the first down or not even talk about it on the two minute warning. You, you know that you're going to go for it on fourth, fourth down if you don't get it. All right. Uh, 
Uh, so why are you even throwing there? And then on top of it, yeah, I mean, and you know, Mitch talked about it after the game, and and you know, what is if 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 if, if it was a design to go deep there, and he talked about, well, you know, play has options, blah, 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 you know, th- that that kind of stuff there. Uh, you you throw thirty three air yards uh, in that situation. Yeah, I I don't get it. And the, and there were like I'll have to see the all twenty two, but there looked like three vertical routes. It was I think Frymuth kind of on an over bender, two vertical on the outside, maybe some sort of option route underneath to, to Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. That that's your play call. Like you got to have your best play call. We need two yards. You know, if it's fourth and eleven, you don't really scheme up your fourth and eleven. Got to have it call. But fourth and two, that kind of short yarded stuff, you you should have something that that gets you two yards. You know, a, a rub route or. Something pivot, designed, something pivot, pivot to Deontay. Yeah, to Deontay. Yeah, to Deontay. Yeah, something where you just get two yards. And on the fourth and two that failed near the goal line on that flip to Jalen Warren and on that final fourth and two, you didn't have a call to get you two yards. Now, now on the on the flip side, the, the you know the the people who would push back on us and say, well, yeah, but if Trubisky hits that to Deontay Johnson, then then are you guys even talking about the the, the decision there? Well, it's a results orientated mm-hmm. uh, thing here, and it's it's percentages, and it's what we know that this team has done, the probability factors, and all like that. And once again, I I don't think it's just the fourth and two play that we need to talk about here. It's the third and two play. It's the fourth and two play. It, it's it's a combined situation there, uh, and and make no mistake about it. You'll rewind what I just said or, uh, or earlier in this podcast. As bad as it all was, this entire fourth quarter, this was a winnable game. This was a winnable game on third and two from the Steelers forty nine yard line. Forty nine yard line. I mean, how much? How many more yards do you, do do you need at that point to at least get in field goal range? Yeah, boss, it just hit a 56-yarder that looked good from probably 65, so you only need maybe 15 more yards to have a chance. Those two plays need to be run like your season is in the balance and you need two yards in two yeah. plays. Think <laughs> about that. I, yeah, you're 100% right, and that's what they call. And maybe that slant would have been open. I mean, Trubisky just misses it. And he talked about the angle for Pickens was different than he expected, but... These are your calls, man. This is all this. Everything's on the line. And this is what you come up with. I mean, it's just definitely blame coaching for, I mean, Trubisky missed missed a lot of stuff, but but blame coaching for that. And once again, I hate, I I hate to be the guy that just goes to one play in a game and says, this is where the, you know, this was where that, where they lost it and, and that. But I mean, once again, as bad as the defense played, Bad as the offense played, as bad as the whole script of the game went, you're at 205 left in the game at your 49 yard line. You're three points down, you know, and and you need two yards in two plays. So I, you know, I technically I'm not drilling it down to one play. I'm drilling it down to two two plays is what I'm doing. But that's just that's that's the dysfunction with this t- team right now. And then again, offensively, terrible on third down. What did they finish? Four of four thirteen. They were three of fourteen. You gave them too much credit. (laughs) My dyslexia. New England was four of thirteen. Four thirteen. There you go. Uh, So again, miserable on third down. Not good enough in the red zone. They're thirty percent in the red zone the last month, last four games. Uh, Situational football. They're just pretty miserable in. Yeah. and I, you know, a lot of people are going to and and uh, talk about the, 
the false start and all like, was that a bad call? I think it was. Yes, obviously. But mm-hmm. once, once again, you, you got past that. Yeah. You got the ball back. You know, you got, you got past that. So yeah. Does that need to be analyzed? And yeah, I, I, I get all that, but, uh, the fact of the matter is you got two two Oh five at, 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 you know, near, near midfield, needing a field goal for two yards to go that this is how I think this game primarily needs to be remembered as, as in the, the fourth and two player, the last two plays the, there, the, the, the last two plays really. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just encapsulates this team, just this mess with no... I mean, Patrick Peterson called it a killer instinct. They have to show the killer instinct, and they have not shown that. In that moment, they didn't show the killer instinct. They just played like it was the third quarter, and they were up, you know, 14-10 or whatever, and just like normal football. And it's not like... They're not acting as if everything is on the line. All right, let's rewind this back to uh, the the start here. Uh, The inactives and Unless, unless you want to continue, yeah, no, then, no. Then, then go back through the game. You know, no, yeah, we should reset. I should have done that at the start. But we kind of just dove, you know, both feet in, ranting. Um, which, yeah, which I'm sure people are. Yeah, look, uh, we, Alex and I have done this. I, I hate to say we've become um, immune and and less fans or whatnot, but we we have done this so long that. You, you try to look at this more objectively and, and analyze more so than you than you do riding the highs and lows, right? You know, sure. uh, 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 of it. And we, we usually try to stay very balanced and in the middle and and all like that. And but there are, you know, I people can probably hear it in our voices today. I mean, we mm-hmm. we are still fans. Uh, we we still get the levels of frustration in game that the rest of you listening to this get. And, uh, and then we do reach levels of aggravation that, that probably people sense today and, and go off on, on, on the, on kind of the hellfire and brimstone uh, aspect of it. And, and we're, we are like, we're like where a lot of you listening are at right now uh, uh, today. So, I mean, we're we're human too, uh, when it when it comes to this stuff. So I just want to kind of throw that out there. All right, rewind it. No, you're just just to quickly address that. You're right. I mean, if you're not if you're not aggravated now, when is the time to be aggravated and frustrated and really taking a hard look at everything? That, that the same should and better be happening inside that locker room right now. If you're not, then that speaks to even larger problems. Um, but yeah, from an injury standpoint, the questionable players played: Isaac Sayamalu, Mason Cole. Najee Harris, Landon Roberts suited up, which we did not think was going to happen, you know, on yeah. Monday and he played and kudos to him. He played a really good game, had that tip pass that Michael Walker picked off. I mean, that has been a, been a dude that has stepped up big time after Holcomb and Alexander went down in game injury. Alex Highsmith with a neck that happened early. He did not return. TJ Walker hit in the face on the first defensive snap of the game. He was in and out early on, finished the game, uh, although, you know, a very quiet game overall for TJ Watt, an active standpoint. Um, what am I missing? I mean, for your from uh, Marvin Leal, inactive, which we talked about, kind of assumed that was going to happen based on his uh, dwindling uh, snap counts. Marcus Golden being inactive for the first time all season. And of course, you lose Highsmith and you're basically <laughs> working with two outside linebackers the rest of the game and Herbig and Watt. So, of course, that had to have happened. Um, any other pregame thoughts, Dave? Uh, Look, I mean, the golden thing was a bit of, I understand why they did it. 
mm-hmm. uh, because uh, uh, Herbig plays on special teams. Marcus Golden does not. Uh, you were down. Uh, obviously James Pierre, you had to make some adjustments there. You could, you, 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 uh, uh, brought up Johnson from the practice. I understand the, uh, minutia involved with that decision, but it, <laughs> you get, you first play in a game, TJ Watt gets <laughs> banged up. And then, you know, not, not too long after it, Alex Highsmith gets, get gets banged up there. And, uh, it, I mean, it didn't end up costing you the game, but uh, it's a decision that you look back on and kind of kind of wonder about. At, you don't go into it planning to have your top two outside linebackers dinged up early in the game, obviously, there. Uh, the thing, and this is way down the list of things to worry about right now, but we have been really the only ones talking about DeMarvin Leal and these dwindling snaps, and we both painted a picture that it was highly like, likely that he'd be inactive uh, for this game. With Montravius Adams back, he was indeed inactive. Some questions at some point need to be asked about that. Uh, I don't worry about things too much past 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 third round draft picks because mm-hmm. you know it it, it it's a you know you it's get a dart it's a dart throw it's a crapshoot. But when you you know third third round draft picks and above, when things like this happen, those qu- questions need to be asked. Oh. We got a lot of time to talk about that, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, about that. But that was your that was your inactive list, and uh, you talk about Atlanta. Man, props to that guy, Landon Roberts. Uh, I, I would have uh, and I would have lost lost a lot of money this year betting on certain things related to health of players and and other aspects of it. But uh, I would have bet you on a short week uh, the way he was unable to finish that game with the groin. Uh, that he would have played, and not only did he play, uh, he's probably the best best defensive mm-hmm. player out there on the field last night, wasn't he? Or, or would, one of them? I would say so for sure. Making impact plays, stopping the run. Uh, they need more guys like Landon Roberts. You talk about culture and what it means to some of these guys. It means a lot to Landon Roberts, and he's he's a two time Super Bowl champ, so he kind of knows what it takes and what it looks like to be on that path. And so, if you're trying to look at your culture and see who fits that you need guys like, uh, like Landon Roberts, you know, middle around the middle of the season, maybe a little bit before that, I, I was kind of wondering, well, is, is Landon Roberts going to be just one of these one year mm-hmm. and done, done guys and all like that. I mean, this guy for the price tag that he's costing you in 2024, you have to bring this guy back. Oh, I yeah. think, so I think with, he's earned that on. now. Oh yeah. I mean, his his play alone merits it. And then Alexander with the Achilles, a free agent to be Holcomb coming off in the hundred percent Roberts comes back. Okay, moving past the injuries and the inactive list. Going back to the offense, I guess. Uh, no run game. You know, Patriots, number one run defense. We talked about that. Everyone overlooked that aspect of it, but I think us, about how good and stout and strong that front seven was, Barmore and Bentley and others. And Pittsburgh tried to get a bit creative, and sometimes it worked. The 12-yard run to Austin and the negative seven yard to, to Jalen Warren off of, I think, a reverse. So, um, you know, in, in fairness to to Trubisky in this you know passing game, the run game offered very little, and we knew it was going to be a challenge when it comes to the run game, uh, and 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 it was, and as good of game I think that uh, Wash uh, uh, Washington had in the blocking department the game before, right? Uh, uh, or was it two games before I'm losing? Uh, really the last two, but I think especially yeah. against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, he wasn't on his screws in this game last night. Uh, uh, for sure. And then, 
uh, you know, they, they couldn't, there were times in there where you saw the four, four yard runs or the five yard runs. You thought, okay, all right. But you know, they, they never could build off of that whatsoever. And we, they, you knew that they were going to have to pass the football in this game to be effective. You knew that they were probably going to have to get the ball down the field to guys like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Uh, in in what was it? The first half, George had one for four. Is that right, George? I Pickens? believe so. Yeah, on, believe so. on on one target. So you failed miserably at trying to get the football in his hands. Yes, Deontay Johnson. You had Mitch Trubisky to Deontay Johnson touchdown. Uh, Deontay made a nice grab on that, adjusting to the football because mm-hmm. it wasn't a great thrown uh, football. Props to I think Najee helped picking up the the uh, the pass rush on that one. So whatever you get, you you got a touchdown there. So uh, at, at least at least you had that aspect of it. But the but the whole rest of it was 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 clunky at best. You know. Uh, especially when it came to the passing game. I mean, Connor Hayward, you made a nice play. I mean, technically he should have been short of the chains on that one, but it was a good effort by him uh, to leap and, 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 and get the first down. Nice effort by Washington on his one catch for 12 yards uh, there, but they, they could never really stack plays on top of each other, you know? Yeah. When you're three of 14 on third down, it's hard to stack plays and get into a rhythm because you're constantly, you know, punting or failing on third down and there was no big plays in this, this, this game either besides the Johnson touchdown. And I thought the Patriots did a good job of, 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 of rotating guys and, and trying to confuse, you know, Mitch Trubisky in this game for sure. And those are things we talked about. Like we, we laid out the game plan. This is what's going to happen. And Pittsburgh just never adjusted. They, they never overcame it. Um, they got out executed and I think probably out coached out schemed. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, they did. George Pickens, five receptions, 19 yards. The first receiver, wide receiver in Steelers history to have no more than 20 yards on at least five catches. So that is uh, some unfortunate history, and his frustration was evident throughout. And let's just say we're going to check his Instagram page this weekend. Uh, and Mike Tomlin having a, a talk with him at, at, at one point during the game and Deontay Johnson saying after the game, trying to, trying to talk him through some of these frustrations. Uh, I don't think this is going away with him. I think moving forward, there's, we're going to see a lot of George Pickens frustrated. Did they still agree? Yeah, probably based on just the uh, minimal returns of this passing game. Um, Did they throw one deep ball to George at all this game? Uh, You look at his, you look at his target route sheet on next gen stats. No. <laughs> okay. No, that's true. It's all very short. Um, now some of that can be dictated by coverage and Patriots are playing a lot of off coverage, I think, but still nothing, nothing that's in his wheelhouse. George Pickens average route depth across six targets was 3.4 yards past the line of scrimmage compared to 17.61 on non-targets. The largest Mm. difference among any receiver with five-plus targets in a game this season, 12.7 in parentheses. Every one of Pickens' targets were under 10 air yards there. So that's criminal in and of itself, uh, that alone. No wonder the kid's frustrated, especially yeah. in, this, in, 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 in this game. He has a right to be. It's a must-win situation. He's not getting the ball. The passing game's doing nothing, and 
everything he's catching are just kind of, you know, five yard curls. This so, is Ryan okay. Switzer territory. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, it's like Ray McLeod, you know, type stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you look, you look at that, and that, that tells a story in and of itself. Just, just, just looking at his, uh, uh, route target, uh, chart. Yeah. Um, O-line didn't get a great feel for Dan Moore. I think had some trouble. Don't know exactly how Broderick Jones did in this one. Uh, interior line seemed to do okay. Cold snaps, you know, continued to be low. I, I don't know if he's just like a, a yips kind of thing almost at this point or whatever the case is, but that's still a problem. The only thing he does good right now is communicate pre-snap. <laughs> yeah, the run blocking's been a bit better, but, you know, you're looking for a new center next year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Anything else here offensively? Again, just, you know, penalties. Well, the one illegal formation, they weren't highly penalized overall, but but that one just really... Chacor- Ch- that was Chakorma uh, Corfor as the extra blocker in there and a wide receiver out next to him. And one of those two guys have got to know that they got to cover up the tackle. Or, or was it because he was covered up? I think it wasn't the ruling that the, the, somebody was covered up, I think, in this case. I thought... I thought they said uh, I had to look at the penalty here. Yeah, it doesn't matter a whole lot. It's a, it's a penalty for some illegal formation. I thought it was something about the tackle was covered in this instance. You know, last week it was they were uncovered. This week I thought it was that somebody was was covered. I don't know if that was referring to a core four or uh, the the adjacent tackle. All right, uh, it's just called illegal formation yeah. in here. Anyway, right, I'll have matter. to go back and look at it. It's a procedure penalty. That's I thought I thought both of them. We're, we're off the line. I might be wrong. I'll have to go back and check. It doesn't doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, any other final thoughts here offensively? Uh, the two-point play was nice. <laughs> <laughs> How was the rest of the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Yeah. I wish I had called my Connor Hayward going to throw a touchdown pass in my preseason predictions. I was a little mad that uh, that one didn't come true. Came close, but not close enough. The uh the first the first kind of gadget to Austin worked a nice little seal there, but coming back the other way with uh uh with 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 Jalen Warren obviously didn't work. Uh, they try to wrap around with 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 with, with uh, Jalen as kind of the H back situation, quick handoff that way. Uh, I don't think that one worked. Yeah, they just uh, they they couldn't they couldn't stack plays. They couldn't convert third downs, and w- when you do that, you're reliant on on the explosive play. Uh, and they only had how many of those in this game? Three explosive plays: the touchdown to Deontay Johnson, uh, the pass deep right to to Johnson for 24 yards in the fourth quarter with 15 seconds left in the game. And, and the following one to Allen right, Robinson, right. which does so, not feel so, like an explosive one. Right. So two of those came after the fact, really. So, I mean, technically you uh, you would have probably needed two more explosive plays at the end of that game or, or, or one of those explosive plays to be a triple explosive play for it to matter when they got it. So really you can boil this down to the 25-yard touchdown to, Deont- uh, to Deontay Johnson. That's the only 20-plus yard play in the game that mattered. So against a 2-10 team, a defense better than the offense. But 
Yeah, miserable all the same. All right, Dave, defensively here, you let Bailey Zappi march downfield, opening drive touchdown, first opening drive touchdown the Pats have had all season. Just the third, just the third first quarter touchdown they've had all season. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I believe it. Um, and so by half, they're at, they have 21 points when they had 13 in their previous three entire games combined. They were just shut out by the lowly Chargers a week, not a week ago, four days ago. Um, yeah, just the linebackers were a mess. New England exploited that, attacked it. Pittsburgh never adjusted. Uh, the first touchdown to Ezekiel Elliott. You have Mark Robinson and Michael Walker in the game, uh, and they exploited that easily with a rub off. The was the second one to Henry over the middle, right? Yes. And and that was Walker, and Walker slipped on that one, right? Yeah, I want to see the whole play, but I know Walker did slip for sure. All right. And on the third one, how the hell? How the hell do you let that ball get over your head if you're Casey? Yeah, took a bad angle. It's a nice throw. Really great catch by Henry. Kudos to him. But that kind of whole shot got to make that sucker play. sucker out. Uh, that was uh, they 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 faked the they they tried to pull what the uh, the Eagles tried to pull on the Steelers. Uh, what was it last season there where they. It uh, looks like they're try, trying to pull the screen. The, the the tight end releases like he's going to block, and then he turns up and goes down the field uh, there. Uh, kudos to he, he was deep enough. I mean, there, he you know he didn't he didn't bite on any of that. He just uh, technically it's in to me it was an ill advised throw, but it was more of a throw of you know I'm I'm going to give my guy a chance to 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 make the play there and. I just you look at the end zone shot of that even on the on 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 the on the TV angle there, and you're wondering, at the time he's letting go of that football, how does that go? How does how does Casey not at least hit, make contact at the at the catch point, or or really just bat that thing down, or or really not intercept it? Yeah, just maybe a little aggressive on the angle. I mean, it was a high throw, so you know, he put it up where only Henry was going to have a chance to make the play. But yeah, I mean, Hunter Henry, two touchdowns on you. I mean, I, we, we knew the tight ends were going to be a problem. Pittsburgh couldn't cover McBride last week. He was their passing offense. Hunter Henry and Juju ended up being the, the two two main cogs in the passing offense this week. Might as well have been Brady and Gronk out there. Yeah, it looked the same. The results were certainly the same. So yeah, I mean, and did Pittsburgh adjust? I, I, we'll have to see. They they did play all four off-ball linebackers and Roberts and Walker and Robinson and Martinez, Blake Martinez in his uh, Steelers debut. Um, but it seemed like Walker was getting the majority of the snaps of, of uh, the three of him, Robinson and Martinez, and England was happy to keep attacking him. Let's see here. Roberts played 46 snaps in this game, 81%. Uh, Walker played 25, 44%. Martinez played 21, 37%. Wait, can you Walker, read that back? Wait, who played Who played 81%? Uh, Landon Roberts. Okay, Roberts. Walker did how many snaps? Walker played 25, which was 44%. Okay, and then Mar Robinson Mar and Martinez played twenty-one for thirty-seven percent, and Mark Robinson played six for eleven percent. Okay, so uh, less snaps for Walker than I thought, but 
I think they really went after him all 25 snaps, whatever that was. And they, I mean, mm-hmm. it feels like he was out there the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, the pass rush, no pass rush in this no. game. A little bit in the second half, but too little too late. I mean, Bailey Zappi was sacked five times last week. I mean, they, they weren't touching him in the first half. I mean, Watt, you know, did nothing. The pocket wasn't collapsed. You know, it's just just no pass rush. And Zappi, to his credit, did a good job early in this game of stepping up. Yeah, but of course, you know, Pittsburgh makes Bailey Zappi look like, you know, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean, after he's just, after the whole quarterback situation has been a mess the entire year for the Patriots. And again, a just typical Pittsburgh. Like, you know, this crap's going to happen where the, you face some team that's struggling and, of course, Pittsburgh is going to be the team they they do something against. How does everybody's backup quarterback? Yeah. What are you What are you watching them against the Steelers or watching on 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 Monday night Browning against against the Jaguars? At least there looks like some 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 element of development or whatnot. And then you look at a, a you know uh, Steelers with Mitch Trubisky and it looks broke. <laughs> yeah, and you can you know? bet when the Patriots play the Chiefs next week. They'll get blown out. Suck. Yeah, they're going to, you know, Zappy's going to look like crap and going to go, well, how is it against Pittsburgh that he becomes the all-star? Uh, we had a conversation about Mitch Trubisky uh, on, on the show the other day. Where where are you at? I mean, we, we already we already have, have talked about that Mike Thomas should sit him down and play Mason Rudolph, all right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you have, if you have 100% reach that point right now where Mason Rudolph should start against the Colts, then where are you on Mitch Trubisky in 2024? Yeah, I know I said on the last show that I think he stays, um, just trying to compartmentalize what I think happens, what I personally would do. Yeah, I have no problem moving on from Mitch. I, I'm still kind of shocked that he agreed to and they gave him the extension in the first place this offseason. I think they forced um, him into it, to be honest with you. What do you mean by well, I mean, uh, there, there was no extra money involved there. You know, they probably said, if you want to see that, uh, uh, you want to see that money, you got to do this or else we're cutting you. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that was the conversation. Um, I think Trubisky maybe could work in a different system that allows for more margin for error. Maybe a team that has more explosive elements offensively, but I just don't think it works in Pittsburgh based on kind of the very, very fragile nature where they can't turn the ball over. So, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I was we were never huge fans of the Trubisky signing to begin with way back when it originally happened. We were both kind of like, yeah, it's not the right direction to go. So they move on. I'm good with that. All right. Uh, where, where, where to what, what else on defense? Um, I don't know, Dave. We'll, you know, we'll have to watch just, y'all. We'll talk about it on uh, on Monday. We got a yeah. lot, we got a lot of time to talk. Unfortunately, we got a lot of time to talk about this game. Yeah, it's going to be a long weekend. I mean, the defense tightened up in the second half. They did make plays, so credit to them for that. Um, the run defense, you know, I thought could have been a bit better overall, especially early, but, I mean, it wasn't, you know, horrendous or anything like that. It just felt like, you know, the Patriots had a good plan early. Pittsburgh got punched in the mouth, and they're always having to try and, always trying to adjust and try to, trying to counter back and, you know, digging yourself out of a hole, and it just it's just typical Pittsburgh stuff. Uh, I, special teams. Speaking of uh, turning over stones, it's time to turn over a punter stone, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, maybe it happens mid, mid, mid-season, but I think the Harvard stuff is probably close to done. Um, you need an elite punter with a team with an offense that's, you know, been just crap for years. You need an elite-level punter, and Harvard is not that, that kind of guy. Yeah. Lo- what was some of his net punts last night? I mean, he had the one touchback, so that was a 31-yard net. Um, I have to check the other 
other ones there? Had one like 34 or 35. I mean, that, that's just not going to cut it in these games. Uh, the, only, the only really bright spot on special teams was the Miles Killebrew block punt. And did they technically call that a block? We'll call it a block, and that's fine. But because the punt went four, does he actually get credit for a block on that? Uh, that's a good question. Because he's in the, in the uh, box score, just says 11-yard punt by Okay, Arizona. you might be right. Let me see. Let me go over to the defensive stat snaps here. It should still be counted as a block. Even the ball goes four past the line of scrimmage, you should get credit for a block. You touch the football, you impact the, the course of the football. There, he is not credited for a block in this game. Yeah. Unfortunate, uh, but we'll still call it a block. To me, that's four blocks in three seasons. All four of Killebrew's blocks have come in the fourth quarter, and they've all been like huge games. The Bills game in that week one opener in 2021, the Chargers game to help lead the, the start of the comeback, even though they lost the Ravens game earlier this year. That was a huge play in that one. And then this one against the Pats. So kudos to Killebrew. Um, th- those are clutch plays. We got to make sure we, uh, and we did earlier in the show, give Chris Boswell credit. I mean, he boomed that one, you know? Oh yeah. Great kick. Um, but yeah, just, he's your best offensive weapon at this point. All right. Uh, where else? Anything else? I don't know. It's just frustrating. <laughs> and we're both tired and it's just like one of those, one of those days, one of those weekends, one of those years, but I think Pittsburgh has to really re- reevaluate everything and just look at kind of how this team is built and what they're trying to build, what their vision is, what their plan for the, for success is, uh, the coaching, the details, the personnel, it all has to be under the microscope. Okay, Alex, before we get to some emails here, let me tell the fine folks about mybookie.ag and let's get to our picks real quick here. If you found a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't walk past it, so don't pass up on a chance at easy cash with MyBookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere, so you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Bet on the NFL, college bowl games, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments that they have. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is right now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at mybookie at mybookie.ag and use promo code TERRIBLE and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code TERRIBLE to claim your bonus. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your own home. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. So let's jump right in. To this week's games, Alex, uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are home favorites by two points over the Colts. Yeah, um, man, the Colts, give them credit, man, with their backup quarterback, Minshew, getting the job done. I'll go with the Colts. I'll go with the Bengals. I was impressed what they did with Browning the other night. So I'll lay the two points uh, at home there. Uh, The Houston Texans on the road against the New York Jets. Uh, the Texans are three-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Jets here. Jets back to Zach Wilson. No matter the quarterback, I'm taking the Texans. I will as well, too. It's a shame they lost uh, Tank uh, for, for, for yeah. the season there as well, too. But I will take the Texans late at three-and-a-half points. Cleveland Browns at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and they're banged-up quarterback position. The Browns are three-point home favorites against the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm not sure the quarterbacks will be. I don't even know on Cleveland's side, whether it's Flacco, DTR, or Lawrence or Beathard for Jacksonville. This is going to be kind of a, a wild one, probably close. I'll, I'll lean Cleveland because of the defense. 
Yeah, I will as well, too. I think they'll be able to get after whoever plays quarterback in this game. Give me the Browns later three points. Atlanta Falcons hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Falcons are point and a half favorites at home over the Buccaneers, a game I'm sure both of us will have queued up. Definitely. I'll take the Bucs. I'll take the Falcons late a point and a half there. The New Orleans Saints at home playing the Carolina Panthers. The Saints are five-point home favorites. What say you? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Saints here, Dave. I will take the Saints at home as well, too. Chicago Bears at home against the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Lions are three-and-a-half-point road favorites in this one, Alex. Yeah, I'm still a fan of Dan Campbell, what they've done overall. Give me the Lions. Yeah, Lions should win this one, you would think, on the road. I'll lay that three and a half with you there. What should be a good game? The Baltimore Ravens, even though the Lions suggest otherwise, the Ravens at home against the Rams. Seven and a half point favorites for the Ravens in this one. Yeah, it's a pretty big line overall. Um, I just really appreciate what Mike McDonald's doing over there as DC. The offense is humming. Um, even without Mark Andrews, I'll take the Ravens. Oh, I'll take the Rams to cover, but the uh, the Rams to cover, but the Ravens to win uh, in this one. The Raiders on the uh, at home against the Vikings. Vikings are three point road favorites, I think, with Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, they're going to stick with Dobbs. That, that's the right decision. It was a bad game by him, but don't pull the plug. Turn to Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins. That's not going to improve your odds. Give me the Vikings. They Justin Jefferson back. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings later three points as well, too. The 49ers at home, 11-point home favorites against the Seahawks. Ooh, big line there. I'll say the Seahawks cover. 49ers win, but Seattle covers. I think the 49ers will roll right through them. I'll lay the 11 points in this one. And what should be a good game. Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that one is uh, the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, 425 kickoff. Chiefs laying a point and a half against the Bills. It's kind of a question of who's going to be the skill player other than the star to step up. Diggs and Kelsey, who else can kind of become the guy? I'll take the Chiefs. I'll take the Buffalo Bills in a road upset uh, here. Uh, I'll take the point and a half. Chargers hosting the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Chargers laying two and a half in this one against the Broncos. Ooh, surprising. Denver's competitive. They're right back in this one. Pittsburgh will be watching this one very closely, unfortunately. I'll go Denver. I'll go to Chargers. I'll lay the two and a half. They win by a field goal in this one. I'll take the Chargers at home. Dallas Cowboys, uh, game probably the game of the week here, right? Uh, at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys, three and a half point home favorites against the Eagles. Yeah, I'll go Dak. He's red hot right now, man. He should be in that MVP conversation. Um, I'm going to go Dallas. I think Dallas is due for a clunker here. I'll take the Eagles on the road. Uh, I'll take three, three and a half points. Giants uh, at home against the Packers. Giants uh, or the Packers are six and a half point road favorites in this one. Jordan Love playing good football right now. He is. He's really turned it around. I'll take Love and the Packers. I will take the Packers to lay that six and a half as well, too. And finally, the Miami Dolphins at home against the Tennessee Titans. The Dolphins are 13 point home favorites in this one. Big line, but big offense for Miami. I'll take the Dolphins. I will take the Dolphins and lay that 13 as well. Let's get to some emails. Let the people have their word here. Uh, Chris Lookhart writes in, should we start giving some consideration to the thought that Big Ben could have made Tomlin look better as a coach than he actually is? He covered up a lot of warts. Not going to get any pushback uh, right, right now. Mike, Mike Tomlin uh, has a lot to prove. 
uh, in a short amount of time when it comes to the post Ben 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 Roethlisberger era. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. And you see similar stuff happening with Belichick once Brady's gone and their lack of success and what's happening with Bill. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all valid. Uh, Nick Shuley writes in, yuck, two times in five days now, Mike Tomlin and, co- and company have been outcoached and outclassed by two and ten teams. Not exactly sure, but that has to be historically bad, right? Yeah, Nick, we <laughs> uh, we read that. Uh, I, I know it's a cherry-picked stat, but uh, I, I, I would seriously consider about making those guys wear it on a T-shirt this week. Uh, you know, like sometimes when a running back fumbles, he has to carry the football around all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I would probably put that stat on a t-shirt, make them guys wear it around and say, don't let me catch you, uh, w- not wearing that t-shirt. Uh, all right. He says, let's not sugarcoat anything here. This will mark the seventh year since the Steelers have won a playoff game Front office. Can't keep Tomlin around after this. I would love to know if you guys want, uh, Tomlin to get an extension. He's been a good coach, but at this point, I think the romance between him and the Steelers has run its course. We talked earlier in the show that we both think that Mike Thomas should have to play for that extension next year. That That's where we're at right now. Pend- uh, look, you, you better show us something in these final four games. That's all I got to say. Jeff Berg writes in, ouch, with the Steelers. You got anything to add there, Alex? I don't think you do. I don't, no, don't want to no, speak for you there. I don't want him to think that we're just as bored here. No, we're, 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 we're locked up there, Dave. All right. Uh, Jeff Berg writes in, ouch, with the Steelers being the only team in the NFL history to be above 500 and lose consecutive blah, blah, blah games, at least eight games under 500. Is it time to say Tomlin has lost the locker room? Is this an overreaction? Are two best receivers just going through the motions out there? Look, I, I will say this uh, real quick. Uh, I thought it was unfair what Kirk Herbstreet said about George Pickens on that one play. What did, I, I don't even remember what the, he said. The was blocking, the effort, the yeah, the effort on on away from the football on the other side there. Uh, uh, you'll have to go back and see the clip when you go back through the uh, TV tape okay. uh, there. It, it, was, it was on the other side of, side of the play and all like that. And uh, I, I didn't agree with with, with. Now, is, is George Pickens perfect? No. But I, I thought that was kind of uncalled for by, by Kirk Herbstreit. He says, uh, are, are two uh, receivers just going through the motions out there? Do you pull them and start guys who want it? No, I don't pull Deontay or, or, or George Pickens. He says, something has to happen to make this team play with an edge. Thanks, and I apologize for the tape you'll be watching. Uh, I don't know what to add to any of that, Jeff. Uh, Luis Diaz. Well, let, me, let me just ask you really quickly. The, the question is, has Tomlin lost the locker room? Do you think? I know it's a little hard to tell from our outsider perspective, but what's your take? What's your? Uh, I, I think it's possible. You got a lot of guys in there, you know, going different directions. It feels like it feels different. I mean, we probably had maybe some similar conversations back in 2012, 2013, that kind of stuff, even last year. But it feels different. It feels like they're just they're just kind of out of gas and out going of through emotions, and just, yeah, just kind of like you know, you're not you're not feeling. And, and and maybe it's unfair for us to critique it in this sense, but you don't you don't get the sense that many of these guys are feeling the weight of what's happening right now. Some some are Minka is, I think Cam is. Those guys certainly do, but not everybody. Right, uh, a lot of them. I think I think Minka put it put it right. A lot of these guys think all they got to do is show up, put the uniform on, and yeah. somebody else will handle handle the heavy lifting. One hundred percent. 
Uh, Luis Diaz on Michael Walker. Hi, guys. After a frustrating game, the simple question is, is Michael Walker even slightly better than Mark Robinson? I know 93 is not the greatest linebacker, but is Robinson, based on what you have seen on tape, even worse than Walker? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And why is Tomlin so stubborn to even say that he never considered Mason? He just didn't. Uh, uh, Lewis, it's not surprising to me. Uh, if that's the case, Mason should not even be on the team, he says. And just for these two uh, uh, last games, Steelers should consider replacing Tomlin in the offseason. Regards from Mexico City again, Lewis. Thanks, Lewis. Uh, here's a conversation about Michael Walker and, and Mark Robinson. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I I just want to know what is the hang up with Mark Robinson. It, it has to be a mental, you know, just trust kind of it, thing. Yeah, uh, it it doesn't matter that uh, it doesn't matter which one uh, is better or, or worse than needs to be on the field because, quite honestly, it, I, we're to the point. Uh, Michael Walker's not going to be on this roster and should not be on this roster next season. And at this point, right now, you have to wonder if Mark Robinson will be. Yeah, or if he is anything more than just a number four special teamer. Um, I know we'll have this conversation more and we get a long week ahead to kind of digest things, but like even just in the offseason, what is your approach to this team? How do you begin <laughs> fixing this team? They just feel like such a, a mess. It's just kind of this just blob of I don't know what it is. But it I just feels like it did last offseason where there's so many holes and not enough draft picks to 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 address it and uh, unless they make any changes to how, the way they address dress uh, dress free agency, it 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 feels daunting. Not even going into the deep details right now. It just right. it feels it feels like it should have been closer, but it's not. It just feels like there's so many whole center, inside linebacker. A strong safety, a tackle, uh, <laughs> a slot what, receiver. A slot receiver. What are you going to do at quarterback? Yeah. Uh, uh, where else? Uh, another corner. Right. Uh, but I mean, I feel like you know you're right. They had holes entering this past off season, but they had a, on paper we all agreed a great off season. Free agency was strong, at least we thought so. The draft class looked strong, and to their credit, it still does look strong overall. And yet, you're in this similar situation. Right. Look, I mean, if 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 Liao if Liao washes out, uh, I mean, Montrevious. What, what are you going to do, with Montrevious Adams? What are you going to do with? Uh, 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 louder milk. What are you going to do with Watts? Armand Watts. I mean, Cam's going to be another year older. Yes, Keanu Benton looks, uh, you know, the very, very bright spot for this team. But what, what are you going to do beyond that? It almost feels like you got to go out and get another defensive lineman in this draft, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I think about even just big picture of like, who are you as a team? What are you trying to build? What is the culture of the team? What is the vision for success? And what's always going to be a very competitive, you know, this AFC is going to be maybe as least competitive in the sense of all the quarterbacks are hurt right now. Imagine if everybody was healthy and they're healthy next year. So I just don't know. I don't even know where to begin with kind of, do you just 
take this thing down to the studs in some sense and just try to hit the reset button. In, in some sense, it feels like you have to kind of do that because I think if you're having this, these cultural kind of core issues, you got to really kind of just reset things. Well, if you do that, then you go go ahead and reset the head coach too. Yeah, I mean, I'm really? been dancing around it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. My, 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 I'm not trying to like have a conclusion here, but I'm just trying to say like I think just this team feels just like this, just this mess. It's just pile a collection of people and not a team, right. and and that speaks to a larger problem than like Leal versus Adams, and like it's it's not about that particular thing. It's more the big picture of like who are we and how do we write this ship just at our as our foundation. Look! Look at teams like the Eagles and the and 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 the Forty Niners and and them ha- and people saying that you know if you're getting questioned about man how are you able to stay under the cap when you signing all these these guys to big contracts because uh, you want to be in the situation where you're having the issue of man we got so many guys that we want to sign who who right now uh, on this team do you want to sign to a long term deal? And know that you have to spend the money because a three-year span in the CBA says you have to spend 90, uh, 90% of the cap in cash over a three-year span. Who right now on this team that does not have a long-term deal do you do you want to, 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 to pony up to? Yeah, it's that, fair. That, that, I mean, you, that you can. Because, look, e- even if you wanted, even if Kenny Pickett was the Best thing since sliced bread right now. Uh, you can't sign her to an extension after this season. Right. Per CBA. Right. Rules, per CBA. Wondering. So like, it's like Pat Frymuth and that's kind of it right now. Right. And, and, and even so, which by the way, I got a post coming up on Pat Frymuth. He's not going to hit the, he's not going to hit the, comes to find out he's not going to hit uh, his, his proven performance escalator. Thought he mm. was. Is but, that going to be based uh, off a playing time thing? Uh, snaps, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 snaps in two thousand in twenty one. Uh, there's there's a difference there that I'll explain in a in a post. Uh, that did not let him hit the threshold after all. On paper, Pro Football Reference has him hitting that threshold of sixty percent. But when you dig down deeper into the actual snap percentages, he was under that. And he's not going to play enough snaps this year mm. uh, uh, t- to get it. So uh, you've got a guy now that now he's playing in these final uh, four games specifically to see how big of an extension he can get next offseason, if a- any extension at all. That's interesting. Yeah, I look forward to that post. Um, just as a, just kind of thoughts rummaging through. I mean, it's obvious, but like, you know, the, the OC hire for next year's going to be your most important hire oh, in a long, yeah. long time. Like that's, that's, outside, one... that's outside the organization now. It's got to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, it's in, mean, if it's internal, like, just shut it all down. You know, just, just you know, John Taffer, Bar Rescue, shut it down kind of stuff. Um, it'll be outside. So, I, I mean, again, I think that there's, there's a player issue, a personnel issue, but I really think there's, there's just coaching issues across the board that in, in terms of, like, who you want, what guys you want, and in terms of how these guys are getting coached and taught and mistakes that are happening, um, I think that's kind of where things start for me. Yeah, look, I, at least you're at least you're getting the question, and it, it's a it's a small victory and not one that you want want to declare. But uh, at least you know for sure at this point that that uh, the in hire the the in house stuff isn't the path to go. Pat, yeah. p- Pat beyond Canada, 
Right. It's got to be, and I don't know who the outside guy is, but you got to nail that one. I mean, it's got to be a 10 out of 10 in terms of the hire and the results. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, Jared, uh, Jeremy writes in, hello, gentlemen. The smoke and mirrors of a month ago are now ashes and shards. That's a good way to put it. On paper, this team appears to have talent on both sides of the ball, but on the field, lack of details and execution and possible uh, attitude and worth, work work ethic according to number 39 or sinking the ship is this more a situation of needing a major roster overhaul or is the coaching on this team so poor schematically that even talent talented players aren't able to execute he says i hope omar has some big plans for this off off season look they do have some talented guys on this team yeah and that's the frustrating part it's not an untalented type team um they, they should be better than they are. So the question is why I think coaching is kind of where I start with that. But then you also, you maybe examine that and, and maybe ask the question, is the team as talented as we think that they are? If the results are what they are and the execution continues to be lacking, then how can you justify saying, Oh, this team has talent? Sure. Uh, and look, yeah, I think you need to look at co- coaching of the team, obviously, and the schematics and, and everything, every, you know, Look, after the next four games, we'll have a lot of, you know, we'll have a lot of talk of how how stripped down this thing needs to be be done. Everything has to be examined. To answer the question as a coaching players, everything has to be examined. Uh, our buddy Deshaun Campbell writes in, "Sup guys, I'm calling it now. George Pickens is going to ask for uh, a trade this summer, rightfully so. Uh, the Steelers' quarterbacks and staff are handicapping this guy, and it's beginning to even frustrate me." He says, "I understand teams are trying to take him away, but Steelers don't even try anything past five yards. It seems. I mean, a guy with a catch radius like that doesn't even get red zone opportunities. I guess my question is, what do you think uh, they can get for him? Uh, is he a guy you can?" get a first or second for less there's no reason to have that conversation with four games left right now uh in 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 the season and on the surface you do not you wouldn't think that they would trade him after this year but look this guy's not happy period and to me it feels like he's got a personality that in the games where he's not getting the ball, we're going to see this demeanor with him. You're not wrong, but okay. What, what's the next step from there? You trade him or whatever, and then you find another receiver and a lot of receivers have that kind of diva. You could be right back in the same, same category again. You could be, it Uh, it tends to happen. uh, You need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. That's going to, that's that's half quarterback this down to. goes back to the by adjusting net yards for yeah. passing attempts that people hate. Uh, you've got to have a quarterback to win in this league consistently and compete. End of story. Yeah. Like, really, I'm again, I'm just trying to like rummage through my thoughts as we talk about this. But what are you, the, your pillars, your team, your head coach? I think really your offensive coordinator in this day and age, your quarterback, and just kind of general leadership. Like, those are the things that are, are, are the foundations of your team. And you have questions now in a lot of those areas, especially quarterback. And look, you, you the the bat the uh, the obvious with, with Kenny being Kenny being hurt now. And you know, I always like to say you you want 20, 20 games to analyze the guy. Okay, move 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 the move the line in the sand to twenty five games. Are you even going to get to that point? Because there's talk about him not only missing two games, but probably many as as many as four. Right. 
yeah, he may not come back until week 18. And, and clearly, Kenny is not the, the central problem. You're seeing right. similar worse results as, as quarterbacks change and play callers change, all that kind of stuff. So it's not but, to say the But wouldn't ahead. it be nice to have all these extra games to evaluate him yeah. on? Yeah. Oh, 100%, especially in the post. Uh, that was the whole thing. Like, okay, Canada's gone. Let's see how Pickett does, um, you know, without Canada around. But you won't get that chance. But it doesn't seem like Faulkner and Sullivan are, are really elevating their guys either. Uh, let me see if I can get one more in here from buddy Paul Brown after years of consistently playing down to teams, not winning a playoff game in six years, probably seven. He writes the final straws losing back to back to, uh, to two, two and 10 teams during a crucial playoff push and making Bailey Zappi look like Tom Brady. Tom, Tom absolutely has to go this offseason. This team is an absolute joke and has been for a few years. So he's venting like we would expect uh, people to vent. Uh, all I will let let's end it with this. These are very important final four games for the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. And you're welcome for the captain. Obvious statement there. Uh yeah, we're going to see how far he can push this team and get them to come together or have them fall apart because they could just as easily mm-hmm. win to, in my opinion, Alex, they could just as easily win these next four games as they could equally lose these next four games. That lets you know that you, that us sitting here doing what we do have no idea what this team is right now. Right, but I think they're trending in the direction of more likely to lose the next four games, just based on the locker room tone and tenor. I mean, if you gotta, if you can't get these guys to get up for this Patriots game, then what game can you get them to, to get up for? You've got a Colts team that's playing pretty decent overall with 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 uh, Minshew at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You've got a Bengals team that look like. They can work around the quarterback situation to some degree. Uh, you've got a Seahawks team that who know, who the hell knows what they're they're probably the NFC version of the Steelers right now, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then you've got the Baltimore Ravens that you you know who knows if they're going to have something to play for. Um. Yeah. No. I. I did just. It's a it's a fragile situation. I, I, the one thing I noted in an article this morning, and I don't want to maybe create too much of the speculation train, but you know, you got David Tepper in Carolina, the former Steelers minority owner. He always wants big big swings of coaches. Would he ever call Art Rooney and say, "Hey, what's going on with Mike Tomlin?" That kind of stuff. I don't know. I just want to connect those thoughts. Uh, wasn't this the same guy that that, or wasn't there a group of owner or a group of the ownership that wanted Mike Tomlin fired? Though you know. There uh, was, I don't know if Tepper was a part of that or what his views were. And I would view with- the, I view the Redskins as being a more, cause I don't know if Mike Tomlin would want to look, I don't know the relationship that, that they have. And, uh, but to me also Tepper doesn't seem to be that, that, that patient. I no. would think, I would think Washington would be a much more suitable situation, uh, sure. for, for, for Josh Harris over there, gets Tomlin back closer to, uh, uh, Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, area. I would think, and look, uh, started this season. I wouldn't, I, I, there would probably, 
I would give myself 92% chance I wouldn't be talking about something like this. Probably even higher than that. Oh, yeah. He probably 98% chance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But as as we sit right now, uh, depending on how this thing goes in the next four games, I I, once again, I I think all options are on the table. And if you could trade, uh, I can't believe I'm I'm, I'm saying (laughs) I really can't believe I'm saying this, but. If you if this looks as bad as it's looked right now, and and we are talking about, man, this whole damn thing needs to be uh, whittled down and quickly uh, mm-hmm. in, in 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 the process. And if Washington was willing to give up, I don't, I don't even know what what compensation would be on that. Uh, you know, let's say a couple first round picks or whatnot. Uh, I. I think you'd have to look all the, everything comes to an end at some point, everything comes to an end. That's one of the mottos that I'd learned early in life. Everything comes to an end at some point. Yeah. I'm not one that usually entertain the coach trade stuff because it gets talked about so much. When was last, when was last coach trade that happened? Was it Gruden or Dungy or, you know, that it's been forever. Um, but Belichick's probably going to do it this year. And that might kind of set the uh, precedent for teams to explore that. I'm not saying that Tomlin would want to go to Carolina or that that's going to happen. All I know is that if David Tepper gets the the sense that Tomlin could even be possibly available, he's going to explore that as much as he can because, A, he has the money to, to do so and kind of the desire to have that big swing at head coach. So I just can I can feel this becoming a talking point uh, once the season ends. Sure, sure, sure. And it, it especially after back-to-back losses to two and 10 teams. Yeah. And, and, and if Pittsburgh bottoms out, if they go the other way and they just drop three of these four games and imagine, imagine what it's like then compared to even how it feels right now. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, everything should be on the table at this point, everything. Uh, and, and uh, I imagine the discussions about a, uh, Kirk cousins and, and yeah. all like that, uh, all of that from, depending on what happens in these next four games, you know, should, should potentially be on the table. All right. Anything else from the email machine? Uh, yeah, there's a lot in here, but we're not going <laughs> to have, we're not going to have time to yeah. get to it. And, and I apologize to everybody for that. So we're, we're at it. We wanted to do this in an hour and we did it. We've, we're at 90 minutes now, so we should probably wrap this up. It's a long week. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, uh, Monday, we have a live stream after the podcast, right? But we will be back Monday. We'll go over the all 22. We'll go over whatever else happens in the media here and the press conferences and, uh, just get just get ready for a long week, and you know you're not. People aren't going to get that much pushback from us right now. No, and yeah, just to be clear. Monday should be a later show because Mondays of Mike Tomlin right. press conference with the Saturday game. So just uh, be aware of that uh, from a scheduling perspective. But yeah, frustrated again. Pittsburgh deserves every ounce of criticism they get. This Everything is the bed that they have made, they have laid in it, and they deserve it all. This is the podcast that we didn't think or 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 didn't want we're afraid that we might have to have and here we are so here we are all right uh you can follow me i'm gonna go so i'm gonna get away and go watch go see some christmas lights tonight good you should it'll be a good time uh what are you what are you gonna do tonight sleep (laughs) hey i'm very tired so sleep and uh chart this defense and uh 
I don't know, get some comfort junk food and watch some, I don't know, watch something that's not the Steelers. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter slash X at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteelersDepot.com, hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version, SteelersDepot.com. Hit the ad-free button. We appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody for listening and reading and uh, hang in there. It's going to be a rough, uh, rough, rough, rough week, and we'll try our best to help uh, everybody march through it. So until Monday, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.